Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Owen is now going to be uh, coming to read uh, the, the Bible reading to us. So if you've got your Bibles, do turn to Acts chapter 10, and we're starting from verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Thank you so much, Alwyn. Now we, we were in for a very special treat. We've got Misha who's coming to preach with us uh, this morning. And, and, and uh, Misha, do come up. I'll go to camp to there quickly. And uh, Great. Well, it's lovely to, to have you with us. Now, Misha has been our student uh, minister here with us for what nearly what how long over a year now year and a half like year that. year and a half and uh, I don't think you've actually ever preached in the building I don't think I have you've shared you've shared stuff you've led services in yep. the building you shared your testimony and um, you, yeah you've 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 uh, you've done a lot in the building, but we were waiting for you. You were just about to preach, and then we went into the lockdown. And so you've preached a number of times online, but it's so good to be able to see you preach in person. If you're in the building, for those of you still watching online, well, I suppose for you it still seemed like she's online, but you'll see her in the building. Preaching. It was really good, <laughs> nevertheless, to, to have her here with us. You can confuse her. anyone. I can. I, I'm, I, I've got a degree in that. <laughs> Great. Well, before uh, you preach, we just want to pray for you. Pray God's blessing on you. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for Misha and all that she's done for us and all the life and the energy she brings to, to our, our, our chapel. And Father, we thank you now that she's coming to, to share your word. We pray your blessing upon her. We pray that as she proclaims your word, Father, that she would know that you are smiling at her and enjoying her and that she's enjoying your favor. But Father, more than that, we pray that you would anoint her afresh with the Holy Spirit so that she can proclaim your word powerfully. And Father, we pray that through her, you would speak to us, that you would open our minds to understand and our hearts to receive the word that you have for us this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Um, and it's good to see you all. It's good to actually be stood where I used to be stood a year ago and look out at people's actual faces. And some of you I've met for the first time today, and some of you it's good to see you again. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so, um, I read a story on the BBC uh, this week. I don't know if you saw it. Um, a farmer had gotten really annoyed that his tractor tire kept um, catching on a particular stone as he was going into his field. 
Um, so he um, took matters into his own hand and uprooted the stone and moved it uh, seven and a half feet. What he didn't know was that what he had moved was the border with France. Um, so he had taken the Belgian border and moved it seven and a half feet into France. Um, now, luckily, no wars broke out over the matter, but nevertheless, people were a little bit amused um, that um, he had just moved the border. So they took it in good spirits, nevertheless, um, and obviously we know uh, that farmers can't just move the border between countries, but God can. God moves borders all the time. Uh, when Jesus was walking on uh, this earth with us, he constantly redefined boundaries. He touched the people you were not supposed to touch. Um, he ate with the people you were not supposed to have fellowship with. And he traveled to all the wrong places, uh, both for work, as it were, and for holiday. And the disciples must have protested um, I was watching this new, uh, what they call, Binge Watch Jesus series, which is called The Chosen, and it's really good, and if you haven't caught up with it yet, I, I really suggest that you do. It's really wonderful. And in this one, uh, when Jesus decides that he's going to travel into Samaria, rather than uh, go around the border, as, as people were used to, the disciples um, question him and they say, are you sure you're going the right way? <laughs> what are you doing here? And Jesus says to them, get used to different. Get used to different. Because the whole question of the gospel is, what do we do with different? What do we do with those people who are outside? Um, and so in this particular story that we've been reading today, which Alwyn um, brought to us, uh, Peter is called to go on a, on a visit to somebody's house called Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was a, a Roman, and he was a Gentile, and he was outside, and he wasn't meant to really be part of the party. Um, but he was a God-fearer as well, so he kept the laws that he could keep as a Gentile, and, and he prayed to God. And, and Luke, when he writes this account, takes great care to make sure that um, he spells out to us that this happens by div divine intervention. So first of all, in, in chapter 10, if we read from the top, uh, which we won't do today because it's a long reading, the angel comes to Cornelius and says, um, God has heard your prayers. And then he, um, Peter has this funny dream, which some of you might remember on the top of the roof. He sees all this stuff come down that you're not supposed to eat like reptiles and snakes and, and you know, the, the, the animals with the wrong hooves and not the, you know, and all this stuff. And, he, and God says to him, eat. And, and he won't eat because God has declared it unholy or, or unclean. And, and Peter is continually encouraged to eat until he gets the point. And then there's this knock on the door because the angel has said to Cornelius, go and send for this guy Peter and have him come to your house. And as they meet up, there's this kind of slight confusion, like, why are you here? Why am I here? And eventually the gospel is preached. And we jump into the story at this point where um, while Peter is sharing the gospel with them, the Holy Spirit falls on these people who are not meant to be recipients of the Holy Spirit because they're Gentiles. And, 
And they begin speaking in tongues, and the same thing happens to them as has happened to the Jewish believers early, earlier on. And suddenly it all kind of comes together, and Peter sees that, you know, how can we keep ourselves from including them in this new church when they have already received the Holy Spirit? Um, and it's like the Holy Spirit, um, you know, keeps teaching Peter what Jesus has already taught him. So Jesus' arms were always open. He honored those who were excluded. Um, he, they, came to, they came to Jesus. They knew there was something about Jesus, and they were made holy and acceptable and whole by being with Jesus. And the, the Holy Spirit continues the conversation and um, I was just, I had a brief sort of email interaction with, with Michael earlier in the week, and, and he said to me, I wonder who had the greatest conversion experience on that day? Was it Peter or was it Cornelius? Because, you know, suddenly these people who are meant to be outside and you're meant to avoid them, well, suddenly they're included. Um, and I was asking myself this question based on this um, article from the BBC. I, I thought to myself, well, what do we do when we notice uh, that the border has moved? What do we do when we notice that the stone has been moved and, and, and you know, the boundaries are expanding? What do we do? Well, the local history enthusiast made sure that the authorities put the stone back in place. And in that particular case, that's obviously the right thing to do. But in God's kingdom, that might not be the best thing to do. Some people try to do that similar thing. Um, and Paul's letters continually talk about this dispute. Um, uh, disputes about food laws and who you're meant to eat with and what you're meant to eat and how you're meant to eat it and when you can eat it and in what circumstances. Are you, do you need to be circumcised? Do you need to follow the whole law? What's going on? And, and Peter says, well, all these old Jewish rules, they contrast with the grace that we have in Jesus, which is given to us for free. He says, if you opt into this whole package again after having heard the message of grace, then, you, then you're obliged to keep the whole thing. Don't go there. The gospel is grace. And there is this instance which is recorded in Galatians 2 about, um, about a, um, a conversation, let's say, between Paul and Peter, because Peter had started going, um, you know, accepting dinner invitations into Gentile homes and creating a church in a community, and we are, you know, there's no longer any any Jew, there's no longer any Gentile, the boundaries kind of between women and men don't matter so much anymore, slave and free, and, and we're all together in the church. But then somebody had come and said to him, <clears throat> are you sure you're doing the right thing? And so he had gone back on what he had already learned and started setting up these boundaries again and, and making uh, distinctions between one and the other. But Paul talks about the mystery that had been revealed to, to him, particularly as the apostle to the Gentiles, namely that the Gentiles were always part of God's plan. It was always God's plan to extend salvation to all the nations. And so in, in this process somewhere, Israel begins to be redefined 
the physical geographical area is kind of swallowed up in God's great big boundary move. Israel is now defined by faith. And as we read in, in Hebrews, Abraham's children are those who believe they're not simply an ethnic group. And God joins believers from everywhere together in the church as they are included into Christ. And the insiders, in a way, have become outsiders. Um, God does this to make everyone thirsty for inclusion by grace and by faith. So you're no longer included in Israel, in the, the God salvation project, simply by ethnicity or by keeping laws or by doing this, that, or the other. You are included when you get it, that it has always been about grace and about faith. So what do we do then with different? What do we do with, with different? The kingdom of God, as you'll remember we've heard a few times, is, is now and it's also not yet. Um, you and I are called to continue to move the boundary of, of inclusion and we're called to subvert the old order. Ever since Genesis, um, there's been a war on between a certain farmer and someone who has a vested interest in shame and exclusion and division. There is a war going on, and the boundary seems to be moving all the time. God wants to extend grace, and the enemy wants to limit and put back in place and bind people up in different things that keep them hostage. But God is continually doing this project of bringing all things together under Christ. He's bringing shalom, he's bringing peace, he's bringing that order that is even more perfect than the order that was very good to begin with. And the border that you and I are working on isn't the Belgian border with France, nor is it in the Middle East somewhere, at least not any more than it is everywhere else. It's a similar boundary to that one which Peter was challenged to move. It's a mental it's a social, it's a practical, it's a spiritual act of waking up to what God does with different. And so I wonder this week, is there somewhere where you can quietly, under the enemy's nose as it were, move that boundary just a little? Is there somewhere that you can think of where you can include people in your circle who might otherwise feel excluded? Can you include someone in your church, in your ministry? What is it that we are not seeing necessarily that God has already done? Like Peter, who came and saw that the Holy Spirit was already falling on these Gentile believers and God was at work in that place. Is there somewhere that we can recognize God at work and join in with him in a way that might, maybe we haven't thought about before? Is there someone around you whom you can honor and lift up 
the way that Jesus tended to lift people up who felt outside, cast away, ignored. And when might we, as a church, recognize that there are places where we, where we fail to recognize God at work? Are there places where, as a community, as a society, or as individuals, that we still fail to, to catch on to what it is that, that God is doing? I would encourage us to, to pray and to be on the lookout for places like that where we might catch a glimpse of the Holy Spirit at work, catch something of that sparkle in the places that we might not be expecting. And when we do, I would encourage us to help God move that boundary. So that is the, the challenge for, for this week. For, for all of us, it's always the challenge for all of us um, to, um, to go looking for God in unexpected places. And when we see him, join in with him. I think when we are eventually asked, so what did you spend all your time on? I think we're more likely to be forgiven for moving the boundary a bit too far and including a bit, um, you know, a bit more of the world uh, than perhaps being too restricted and, and binding people up in different things. So uh, let, let, us, let us live life generously uh, and let us love people as well as we're able. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk